Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Mercury Mile. Mercury Mile is fusing fashion and function for runners of all abilities, and all it takes is three easy steps. Just go to mercurymile.com, create your profile, Choose your sizes, and then you will get a personalized box of all sorts of running goodies and apparel shipped to your house. This is not a subscription service. You just keep what you like, send back what you don't, and you can order as many boxes as you like. So as the weather's turning now, it is the opportune time to get a Mercury Mile box. I don't know about you, but when I ran this morning, so it's Monday, September 24th right now. When I ran this morning, it was 50 degrees outside. A week ago, it was 85 degrees when I ran at noontime. So the weather changes here. Make sure that you are dressing appropriately. If you go to mercurymile.com, make sure you use promo code RAMBLINGRUNNER10 at checkout. It saves you 10 bucks, and it helps the show. So two birds with one stone. So with that being said, today's episode is the 100th episode of the Rambling Runner podcast. Can you believe it? I still can't believe that everyone's listening to this show. When I say everyone, I mean the people who are currently listening. It is amazing to me. I started this show just over a year ago. And basically for the first four to five months, there was a core group of listeners. By by core, I mean maybe 40 or so. 40 to 100 listeners. There were a lot of days in those first five or six months where there'd be no downloads in a day or I'd have like a two download day or a five download day. And don't get me wrong. I was perfectly fine with it. I was doing this show just because I liked doing it. And I could talk to people about running that I really wanted to talk to. And it just gave me an excuse to do it. And I really enjoyed it. So the fact that shoot, now we get over 4,000, 4,500 downloads per day now give over 150,000 a month and it continues to grow it's amazing to me i really appreciate it i can't tell you how much i appreciate it it really is amazing to me um and all the feedback i get from everybody but i wanted to do today's episode as kind of a look back at what i've learned from these 100 episodes i've talked to so many amazing people learned so many things not just about their lives and what they've overcome and what they've done in running but things that are universal, if not universal, but that can be broadly applied to a lot of people. Um, and I'll just use myself as an example for all of these. These are you know, five or six things that I took from, from episodes that have really struck home with me that are things that I'm trying to practice, if not on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, uh, certainly on a weekly basis, um, that I think... The more I do that, the more it will benefit me as a runner and as a person uh, in every way. So these are some things that I really took from these episodes. And hopefully, maybe you took some of these things as well. Um, but shoot, if you found other other key themes, let me know. You know, you can either you know respond to this post on Instagram or on Facebook. Or you can send me a note, send me an email at ramblingrunnerpodcast at gmail.com or however you like. But Again, these are in no particular order. Also, I'm going to give some examples as I go through here of episodes where um, these topics where I thought were prevalent, but by no means are these examples supposed to be like the full list of people who I thought 
you know, apply to these topics. So like the first one is zoom out and zoom in. So a big one for me on this one was Amanda Cruz. Um, again, there's a lot of people who I could have applied this to. So don't take offense if you're not listed. Say you're a guest and you're like, hey, that was me. Uh, I should have been listed there. No offense. I'm just going to do a quick little hit here and there uh, with certain people. So first one, zoom out, then zoom in. And when I say that, I'm referring to big goals is the zoom out and zoom in is the daily work that you need to do. So I'm not going to say you anymore. I'm going to say me because this, all these things definitely directly pertain to my life and my training as well. So zoom out. Big goals. So a lot of people who've come on the show have talked about the importance of big goals. And there's a lot of good reasons for it, whether it's just having a North Star, something to keep in mind, you know, that daily motivation. You know, why do you want to get out of bed? Because I want to become a Boston Marathon qualifier. I want to break three hours in the marathon. I want to break 30 minutes in the 5K, right? You have big goals and you want to achieve them. And that can be key. It's very, it certainly is a motivating factor. But motivation can only take you so far. If you want more information about that, listen to my episode with Jeff Hayden, who wrote The Motivation Myth. But more important than the big goal is the daily work, the process by which you want to achieve the big goals. So the big goals are important because from there, you can then decide how you're going to approach each day and then each week to get to that certain point. And a good reminder of this is Laura Anderson. Um, in her episode, we talked about how it's important to say, you know, write your goals. You know, I think it was like, write your goals in pen and your timeline in pencil or something along those lines. You know, write your big goals in granite, you know, in your, in your timeline in sand. The same sort of thing. And, you know, in order to, to schedule your daily or weekly work, it's important to have a big goal so you know exactly where you want to go. And then by doing that, you can kind of reverse engineer. So a lot of people do this, say when they're training for a certain race. So say you're running the Chicago marathon or the New York marathon. You say, you look out you say, okay, the race is October 15th. Let's just say a date. You say, okay, let's go backwards. 16 weeks. We'll have a 16 week training schedule. So we'll start, you know, basically four months before then, and then we'll lead into it. That's a very common way of approaching a big race. Big goals can be approached the same exact way. And a goal doesn't necessarily have to mean a race. So think about it like that. So how, what are you going to do to maximize each day? You zoom in. What am I going to do today to maximize my current situation? And the reason that you want to zoom in is that if you just stay focused on the big goal, then the day-to-day things are easy to get overlooked it can be easy to maybe you know slack on your nutrition because you're not hyper focused on it. Same thing with your stretching flexibility, or same thing with making sure that you're running your miles correctly, or you're getting that weekly um, massage, or whatever you need to do to reach your goals. If you only stay zoomed out, it's easy to kind of lose sight of what you need to do day in and day out, and really staying ingrained, you know, really going deep into the process that is mandatory to get to any goal that you want to achieve. And I think when you zoom in, that's where you want to spend most of your time, right? They say the 80-20 rule is a big one for almost all things. And I think 80% of the time you want to be zoomed in and fully focused on what you need to do on a daily basis. And then 20% of the time zoomed out at your big goals, your motivations, 
And, you know, that can be, again, a motivating factor and can be inspirational. But if you only stay in that mode, then it's easy to procrastinate sometimes. And it can be easy to say, just slack off a little bit on your day-to-day stuff or maybe not maximize your day that you might need to do, especially if you're a busy person and say you're a parent or you have a very busy job or a whole bunch of different things. And I think Amanda Cruz was a great example of this. Amanda has huge goals, huge goals. And she achieved a big one last December when she qualified for the Olympic trials and she did that at CAM. And she was very public about her goal to do that. But Amanda is very focused on a day-to-day basis on exactly what she needs to do from a strength and conditioning standpoint, cross-training, running, meal prep, not only for her but her family as well. And you can just see it that she was able to achieve the big goals because she laid out every day exactly what she needed to do. And she did that even after a huge hurricane hit the Houston area. Her whole life was thrown upside down, and she was still able to achieve this huge goal. And it was because she zoomed in on what she was going to do each day instead of zooming out only at the big goal and wondering if it was going to happen. So that was the big one, the first one. Zoom out and then zoom in. Second one, age or aging is not as dramatic a factor on your performance as you may think. Now, if you've been listening to the show, then you know recently this is a topic that's come up quite a bit. Um, the last one that really hit home was Jenny Hitchings, who set the 10-mile and the 5K American record for the 55- to 59-year-old age group. She did that after starting running seriously at age 40. That's right, 40. Some of us, myself included, sometimes think that even at age 37, that my past, that my prime is in my past. And then you see someone like Jenny, you listen to her talk and you realize the foolishness of that assumption. It really is amazing what she was able to do. Molly Friel, another good example. My good friend, Jonathan Greenwald, run the six. Other, another one is Heather Schultz. These people have all proven, as have many others, that obviously age and aging is a factor. Right, You're not going to get better. You're not going to be a better runner at age 100 than maybe you were at age 20. However, it's not as dramatic as you may think, especially if you put in the time and the work to make sure that you're consistently improving. And this cannot be stressed enough because this is one of the factors that is so easy, so easy to just sit down and say, okay, this is it. This is, this is what's holding me back. And it's so easy to just get, you know, your peers or your friends and your family to agree with you to say, oh, you're right. You're right. You, you look how good you are. You're, you're placing in your age group and that's good enough. And you can rationalize that all day long. And, and I'm not saying placing in your age group isn't good. It certainly is group. I don't place in my age group. So I'm not casting any aspersions there, but We can't assume that simply because we're north of the age of 40 or whatever age you want to put on it, that that by by in and of itself means that your that your prime is gone because the longer you're running, literally in how much time you put into it, as well as how long the race is, that that the age isn't going to play as much of a factor. Right. I mean, you're not going to run, say, the 100 meter dash 
as at 50 years old, maybe as you did at 15, because that's such a power and anaerobic race. But if you're running a marathon, it's a completely different system. And if you're putting in the time and effort, people are showing time and time again that it just doesn't matter putting in the work. And that kind of leads us into the next one, which is consistency is much is a much bigger factor than you may think. But also, being consistent is much longer term than you may think. So, it's easy to say I'm a consistent runner, say for a marathon training cycle or for a full year. Like, that is definitely laudable. If you run consistently for a year, good for you. No doubt about it. No kidding. That's a big deal. And you should be lauded for that. But that's not what I'm talking about. Consistency over, say, 18 months, two years, two and a half years, three years. If you put in that kind of time, that's a completely different ballgame. That's a complete shift in what you're going to be able to do from an aerobic standpoint. And the people who I just mentioned from an age and aging standpoint, they're proof of this. They put in years and years of time. Jenny Hitchings put in four, five, six, seven years before she really, you know, hit her stride. Sorry, <laughs> sorry there for the wordplay, but you know that's the time she put in, and that's when it really started coming to fruition for her. So again, I'm not going to say that you know your age isn't holding you back. That's true, but also don't be fooled. It's not going to be easy. We're not talking about being consistent for three months and all of a sudden you're going to be hitting PRs. You still have to put in a dedicated amount of time, years of time, and that's when it's going to happen. And that's something for me that is 100% been the issue. So I have gone off the rails, shoot, I think almost just about every year for the last 10 years or so. Um, I'd say the last year and a half I've been very consistent, which is great. And hopefully I have no doubt that I'm going to reap the rewards of that. Uh, But before that, it was basically like nine months on, three months off, or say six months on, four months off. And that was why I was always hovering around the same, you know, 5K levels or fitness levels or whatever, say, workouts I was doing would all be pretty similar year to year. I was never to get, I was never able to get to that next level or levels that I would only get to if I was consistent. And two people who I think are great examples of this are Maurice Lohman, my main man, fellow Rhode Islander who I see at all my races, the Marathon Panda. He's been running every day, shoot, last five years or so. I'm sorry, Maurice, I didn't, I didn't look it up before I started doing this podcast, but running every day for a very long period of time. And for a long time, he was seeing improvement, not a lot, slow and steady improvement, kind of little bit by little bit by little bit. But over the past year, you know, with a little bit of coaching, He's on a completely different level. So he ran, example, last weekend, he ran a half marathon in training, in a practice run, which is probably faster than he'd ever run a half marathon like two years ago. And then the next day, ran a 5K and broke, you know, say, I think he ran it in like 21.30 or 21.15, which again was a lot faster than he would have run it a couple years ago. And he did that in back-to-back days. And this is a guy who literally is on a run streak of over five years or so. And it's all because of that consistent effort. Another example of this is Heather Zuba. Heather, um, she was like a four-hour marathoner. 
And now this is a woman who, in the very near future, is going to be doing absolutely amazing things. You know, we're talking about sub three in the marathon, maybe even far faster than that. She has just really put in the time over years, literally years of training. And it's not going to happen right away. But once it does, it's just going to keep building and building. And, you know, she's eating right and she's working hard. And all of a sudden, you know, she's going to be reaching levels that maybe five years ago she might not have thought she could get to. Maybe even a year ago. You know, I was talking to her good friend again, Laura Anderson. And we were joking around that Heather doesn't know how good she can be. And I think we're all going to see how good she can be very soon. And um, it's just another example that it's it's in all of us. But it's going to take a lot of consistency. And... That's more than one training cycle, and it's more than one year for a lot of us. It's multiple years, so it takes a lot of effort, but if you love running, it's absolutely going to be worth it. And that goes into another thing. When you spend all this time running, there becomes this this question that comes comes up, at least in my part, at least it comes up for me, I should say, especially going into races, is kind of the catch-22 of mindset. It's like, all right... Do I need to be confident that I, you know, do I need confident going into a race in order to succeed? Or does confidence come from succeeding? So it's a little bit of a catch-22. It's very circular in its logic. It's easy to get kind of caught into that cyclone of, of back and forth. However, the one thing that I learned in this is that mindset comes first. Is that you need the mindset first before success not the other way around, because success isn't going to come without the mindset. You know, that grit, that working hard, kind of the grit, the optimism, the, you know, attention to detail of whatever your training plan happens to be, um, you know, sleep, recovery, nutrition as well. You know, the mindset to do what needs to be done, but also the positivity and the grit And just the general optimism of if I'm doing the right things, it will lead me to where I want to go. Maybe not the the path I thought I would take, but ultimately I'll get to my destination. And there's a lot of people that have come on this show that have spoken about this in some way or another. Um, Again, I'm just going to list four of them, but there's a lot of people who talked about mindset. If not their whole episode for a good portion of it, it's, you know, Sarah Canny is, is one. Sarah Bishop was on recently, and she blew the doors off the place. Everyone loved that episode. Uh, Elise Garza, again, has done amazing things with a very, very hectic schedule. And one of my favorites was Bam Garcia. Bam, the happiest guy in the world. Again, some people think that that is a genetic thing, that you're born with that. And maybe people are. Maybe there are some people who were born happy. You know, They were happy as a toddler, and they never looked back. But for a lot of us... This is a learned behavior, that happiness is a choice, that things, you know, not all things, but the vast majority of things that happen in life are neither good nor bad. It's just how we happen to perceive them. There are some absolutes. I'm not going to say there aren't, but the vast majority of things are neither good nor bad. It's how you choose to perceive them. It's how you choose to look at the world and how you choose to frame it in context with the rest of your life. And Bam was a great person for that. Uh, I really, really enjoyed that episode. And, you know, he brought up the fact, and I've read about it since, but he was the first one to talk about it, to me at least, was just the idea of smiling on your runs. Because just just putting that grin on your face, it actually changes 
your mental and physical makeup. You know, the chemicals literally in your body change when you smile. It actually helps you physically when you smile just by choosing to do so, which is really an, an odd an odd quirk of the human physiology, but it's true. And having that proper mindset, again, not just the optimism, which is key, but also the mindset to say, okay, I am going to be, I'm positive that I'm going to get where I need to go, not necessarily the steps that I'm assuming we will take. It might not be the, the straightest path in the world, but I will get there where I need to go. Also, the mindset of I'm going to approach my training the way it needs to be done because that's the only way to get there, which kind of goes into the next one, which is be a pro. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you almost certainly are not a professional runner. However, that doesn't mean you can't act like a pro. I'm not talking about 120-mile weeks here. <laughs> so I know you have a job. You can't literally be a professional runner. You can't literally expect you know, the winnings of your, of your races and your Nike sponsorship to, to pay for your livelihood. But you can do a variety of things that pros do. And more importantly, approach your training the way pros do to maximize it. And this kind of feeds into the mindset principle a little bit, but it kind of takes it to a different level. So when I say being a pro, it means figuring out exactly what you need to do on a daily basis to reach your maximum level of success. Example, for me, I need to eat a lot better. Now, if I was going to be a pro... I would absolutely 100% do that. There's no negotiation. It would be okay. You need to get down to your, you know, your. I know what weight I would be best at as a runner. I'm not overweight by any means, but I know that if I'm between 150 and 155, that's a healthy weight for me. It definitely would be my fastest running weight given my current muscle mass. So I would get there. I would eat properly to make sure I get there. I would get the proper amount of sleep, you know, six and a half to seven and a half hours every night to make sure I get there. I would, again, make sure that I'm running my easy paces the way they need to be run. I wouldn't be going too fast because I'm approaching this like a professional. I'm not, you know, freewheeling. I'm not being spontaneous. This is all planned out. It's like, okay, my easy runs are supposed to be easy, not only to recover from my last quality session, but to prepare myself to really hit it hard in my next quality session. That's approaching your training like a pro. It means making sure that you're doing the stability work and your core work and your strength work that either you know you need to do or your coach says you need to do and making sure you get it done. Now, a lot of people did this, um, but some people I'm going to mention, one of the people is one of my first guests who actually lives near me, David Principe. His son run, now runs at Stanford David is you know, an older runner, relatively speaking, compared to a lot of people that I've interviewed, but he's unbelievably fast. He's unbelievably strong, very lean. He looks like he could play middle linebacker for the Patriots, literally, but he's super fast, and he's a great example of long-term consistency. He does everything he needs to do, and he's done it a long time. Now, again, he is not a running professional, but he's extremely successful, and he's very disciplined. I think that's the key word. Another one is Randy Orm. Randy is a mother. She works hard. She does a ton of different interests. She's super fun, really you know, just, just a super positive person, great to be around. But that feeling of she'll do whatever it takes to get to the next level. 
So if she's hurt, fine. She'll hop on the spin bike. She'll do all of her cross training. You know, she'll make sure she's out, you know, doing all of her trail work. She's out there all of the time. She's meal prepping like crazy. You know, she's basically maximizing. She's a great example of maximizing every second in your day to achieve the things that you care about. And again, that's the biggest thing is that if you care about running and you really want to get to the next level, then just do the things that you know are going to benefit you. Now, if you don't care about something, well, then shoot, don't spend your time doing it. But if you really do care about it and it truly is a goal of yours, then it behooves you to basically act in that manner that you know will get you there. That sounds very obvious. Like, duh, Matt, like no kidding. But if you're anything like me, that's a lot easier said than done. I, you know, self-sabotage is real. I know it's in my life a lot. And that's the opposite of being a pro. A pro gets over that hurdle. Kimberly McBride's another great example of this. In her episode, a lot of people related to it because she had this great training cycle leading up to a marathon. And then it just didn't go her way at all. It crumbled right at the end. And it was just... uh it was kind of heartbreaking to see and hear because she's such an easy person to like. And you don't want anyone to go through that. But I'm including her in this list because she showed the grit to get past it. And that's another part about being a pro. It didn't stop her from trying to reach her goals as devastating as it felt. And you look back, after, especially after a marathon, and it goes really... If it kind of goes the other way on you and it really doesn't work out the way you thought... It's easy to say, man, this was all a waste. Like, I just spent four months prepping for this, and I didn't even come close to my goal. What did I do this for? Well, you just have to pick yourself up. Like, there definitely is a time to wallow in that, and it's important to feel those emotions, but not to linger in that spot. You stay there, you you live those emotions for a little bit, a little bit, and then you get past it, and then you start working on the next thing, and then the last one, uh, Jean-Mike Remy, he's a great example of, you know, he was a bigger guy as a young, as a young kid in his 20s, has cut weight. Now he looks like an Adonis, frankly. He's a great example of like, all right, he, he lifts, he cycles, he runs, he meal preps, he eats perfectly. He is not an elite level athlete by any means, but he might get there. I think we caught him at early on in the process. If he keeps doing what he's doing in three years, this guy could be otherworldly because he's doing everything right that you need to do to be a high level athlete and for him it's just really is just a matter of time so that's big for him the last thing is that you are capable of far more than you think i am capable of far more than i think that was literally a quote from my coach to me a while ago and he didn't say it as he would say, Matt, you aren't a special snowflake. Yes, he has said that to me <laughs> on, on several occasions. I don't take it personally because I, I know he says it because he means it. And I know he says it because it's it, it, so I won't rationalize anything. That it's important to go step by step. But it's true. We are all capable of far more than we think. And if you don't believe me, go listen to the episodes with Melissa Becker, with Jackie Hunt Brosma with McCall Lee, with Lori Michener, with Jeff Fairbanks, with Liz Farrow. These are amazing people who are all very different, who are all overcoming very different things, right? Jackie Hunt Burzma, you know, she lost a leg. That's very different than McCall Lee, who gave birth to triplets. But they're overcoming very different things, but overcoming them anyway. McCall Lee has triplets, and then she has, you know, 
lingering, lingering leg issues that stopped her from running, caring for triples on top of that. But now she's half marathon training. She's improving every day, right? Jeff Fairbanks, you know, he did 21, you know, half Ironmans in, you know, 21 days. This is a guy who like, you know, and he planned the whole thing. This was episode two or three. It was an absolutely amazing feat. Melissa Becker went from complete non-runner to someone who is just like like the lim- the limits on her potential are, are they don't they don't even exist. In the episode that she was on in January, she was overcoming a significant breast cancer health scare. Luckily, it didn't come to fruition. Thank God. But she also battled Lyme disease and a bunch of other, you know, other things going on in her life. But she works hard every day and she's overcoming amazing things. And she's just a fantastic person who you just look at and you say, hey, if she can do that through all of that, if she can achieve these things through all of that, what can I do? And while I don't know the answer to that, I do know that it's probably far more than you think it is. Don't get things twisted, though. It's not going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. So you just have to decide. The people who have been on this show that have resonated the most have basically decided how, basically decided what they want to get out of life. And then they went and they did it. Again, that sounds so easy. But on a day-to-day basis, it's not. It's all the little choices and decisions that we make because they're all important. And they're all going to make a big difference in your life. Each decision itself isn't going to make a huge difference. But the culmination of all those decisions absolutely will. And you can do great things. I have no doubt. And I'm right there with you. I want to do great things too. So let's hold each other accountable and let's get there. So this is a review a partial review of the first 100 episodes of the show. I hope you like it. Again, if you have other other things that you think should be included on this list, let me know. This isn't supposed to be all-encompassing. These are just some of the topics that I took from the last year. I hope you like them. A big shout-out to Mercury Mile for sponsoring the show. MercuryMile.com. I can't say enough about this product. I know that now, like, basically 100 people or so that have used the Rambling Runner code, you guys have all sent me notes. People love this product. One of the things I love most about it is that when you get a box, you get a little handwritten note in there. They personalize it. They say, hey, great job in your last, great job in your last race. They don't just say it. They actually say the name of the race. Sometimes they'll even write down the time. Hey, great job breaking 30 in your last 5K. They care. They want you to enjoy the box. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, it obviously it helps their business if you keep all the products in the box. And the only way that you're there, only way you're going to do that is if they know you well and they do a great job of it. So Rambling Runner 10 at checkout, give that a try. I know you're going to like it. And if you don't, Shoot, you just send the whole thing back anyway. All you lose is 10 bucks. So, no big deal. So, thank you again to Mercury Mile. Also, new sponsor, thank you to Megaton Coffee. Megaton Coffee, increased caffeine, but a great taste to coffee. If you're like me, you're an early riser, and it's tough. It's tough waking up early, so having a good cup of coffee is huge, but you don't want to drink coffee all day. You want to have water, plenty of water, but a nice little caffeine jolt in the morning. Um, I know I appreciate it. So again, thank you to Megaton Coffee for sponsoring this episode as well. I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you so much for listening. Let's go. Let's get the next 100 episodes in. I can't wait. Thank you so much for listening and happy running.